<clears throat> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Buckethead Podcast. Today we have Bobor. Say, what's up? What's up, guys? Really excited to be back on Bughead. This is your second appearance. We uh, we did an interview with Necrolent when you were still the vocalist. Yeah, yeah. Still love them, too. Amazing band. Hell really yeah. excited for their next release. Uh, what projects are you involved in right now at the moment? I'm involved in music. Uh, Harvest Manipulation has started back up. That's uh, my grindcore band. Uh, we've been together for a long time. Finally coming out with music soon, so keep tuned for that. Um, working with Austin on some more garden stuff. Say what's up, Austin. Say what's up. What's up, gang? He's in a few of the videos, too. Stan is here. Stan is here. That's fine. Okay. It's my landlord. Say what's up, Stan. What up, Stan? What up, Stan? He's the coolest landlord I've Stan is a Stan. Yeah, he's an artist, so he's pretty old, but he gets it. So, uh, you also... Oh, yeah. Lamort. Yeah, Lamort, your, your solo project. Yeah, so uh, I've been working on finishing up the McTain arc, mm -hmm. which will most likely become La Mort, which is a self-titled uh, album soundtrack for a um, series of videos that I'm working on which are uh, based on a story. All right. Not giving too much away, but that works. Um, how has the recording process for this Lamort album been different than the, the creation of like a McTain project? It's very similar. Um, McTain is just me, mm -hmm. uh, but it's like my black metal stuff that doesn't really have a place in any of the black metal bands I've been in. So it's the stuff that I uh, make myself. And um, it's very harsh noise, very uh, black metal. And uh, it's all right, <laughs> it's all right. But um, La Mort is definitely more classically influenced. It's uh, it's a soundtrack, so each scene has something that's going on, and you know everything kind of ties together in, in a way. Even with uh, Amut Seba, you know everything kind of ties together, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, be putting it into paper now because I've had about a dozen features on the record. Every song has a different person on it. Like, uh, last time you and I filmed together, there was uh, Neil from PV working on uh, track two, one or two, I haven't decided yet. Depends how the filming process goes. Um, and uh, that song is my favorite, personally. Um, but essentially, I've either gotten someone or multiple people in the stew for each session, 
and kind of wrote the song there or improvised it on my own or wrote it on my own rather and then uh, you know mixed those down and then send them off to like Pleasure Coffin for example uh, is making a feature on the album uh, sent them the stems they sent me back stems it, it came out really well I'm really proud of uh, this process it's it's very different it's a lot more relaxing but also detailed there's so many layers of just like orchestral instruments like we got a Bloom County feature playing uh, excuse me saxophone uh, no it's actually an oboe it's a bass, oboe. a bass oboe feature and a solo very noisy but uh that song also has Harvest Manipulation's singer on it, playing upright bass, uh, hard pan, so there's like harmony. It's really cool. It's not like anything I've made before. And All right. It's a long-term thing. That's the main difference. McTain, I get in there, I make the whole three songs mm -hmm. in 12 hours, in and out of the studio, and then mix it for like a week and then drop it. It's, it's a very manic process. Whereas La Mort has been slow, tedious, a lot of thought and pro and writing, and it's a completely different process. So you said that this is going to be like a, <clears throat> it's going to be a soundtrack for a series of videos. Do you want to go into uh, what your plans are for those videos at all? Um, well, I have a handful of people who are interested in helping me with it, but I have a handful of people that I'm looking to ask. You are one of them. Thank you. Um, you know, and Christy from Clock Out uh, has taken all the photos for uh, the cover and stuff. I plan to take more uh, when we do more scenes, but um, so he's definitely going to be on the team with us and. Uh, uh, everyone else is kind of just like waiting for me to call the shots at this point, and um, it's a it's it's a process. I, I got a lot going on now, right? I got I got to make this next Necrolin album really tight with them as well. So that's another thing, you know producing that so and the new music album uh, we're demoing a bunch of stuff and working fleshing out an album so there's a lot going on that slows down the process but. you do a lot of um, a lot of the recording a lot of the mixing a lot of the mastering of the uh, the underground music scene out here in Worcester mm. uh, do you want to go into your recording process and some of the bands that you've worked with? Well, I worked with Mark Verdon and Necrolin, Matrifigy, Wretched Inferno, and um, a bunch of others, uh, a lot of noise acts. Like, uh, I've recently recorded with Chuck Steak from Mutual Aid Records. We plan on releasing a little collab as well. And uh, usually what I'll do is I'll set up the recording session 
based on the, the style of music and uh, go about everything, you know, recording-wise, um, especially drums, I love drums. The studio we record in is great for drums. Everybody, like, everybody swears by that spot. Um, but then I'll usually, you know, after the recording is done, I'll have my own mix of it that I'll, you know, bring to Colin from Music and Half Mast and Roach and uh, have him give me some advice, you know, extra ears, especially Austin over here, like he's doing a mix of our uh, collab right now and, um, you know, I'll have them listen to it, make little tweaks and we all kind of work together on nailing down that upside sound, that, that you know, Worcester sound that we all have. Uh, it's a very important part of the process. I'll obviously have the the um, artists I'm working with do uh, mix sessions with me as well. Get everything to sound how they want it. What was your initial introduction to the uh, the more noisy, atmospheric, experimental side of metal? It was just straight harsh noise. Uh, Cold Spring Hollow. My friends. Uh, Cam and Mason from Aphasia. Um, I met Cam at college and they introduced me to Mason. And the two of them uh, started coming to the early upside before we moved to the spot you were at uh, about 2017, 2018. And they started making noise music at the studio. I was recording them and uh, we were just hanging out and, you know, making music. It was cathartic as fuck. And then they were like, you need to come to a noise show. You've never been to a noise show. And I was like, no, I've just discovered noise through y'all. And uh, I, I saw Scald Him, What's Now Matriarch, and uh, a handful of other artists from Cold Spring Hollow. And it just melted my brain. And I turned into a, I, I became obsessed. And um, then a lot of the bands that I had already liked, like Full of Hell, for example, made a lot more sense why they sounded so sick. I didn't understand why I liked it so much because I was just into like metal and grindcore and, and punk and shit. I didn't really do the research on the noisier sections. I didn't know why it sounded so sick and now I get it. And. Uh, started, you know, just making noise with aphasia especially. That's why sometimes we'll still play together. And it's just so cathartic. I love them so much. They were my introduction, aphasia. They were also like the beginning of Upside. Like there was Dajal and Path, and then there was aphasia. You know, Harvest was kind of like low key for a little bit. And then Harvest and aphasia did uh, a collab, a split, and on our side, uh, we did a, I think that was 2018 or 19, I can't remember, but we did a bunch of shows together and a little mini tour and stuff, and it was just, we had the tapes of all sold real fast. It wasn't many, it was like 10 or something. And uh, I helped them make Shaping Nine Visceral Fears that same year, which is coming up on five years, if not already. 
Yeah, actually, that's five years old this year. So, uh, I might repress those, some of those tapes. So, that was my introduction to making metal and noise together, was aphasia as well. Because my grindcore band, Harvest, was playing with them at the same time in the recording, and it just sounds so awesome. The song's called Torment, you can find it on Bandcamp, but it it's like a tape cassette recording, it's fucking terrible. But the performance was great, and we would do it live sometimes. But now, uh, Taylor, our singer, does the harsh noise. He's got a, a noise setup that we use. I want to get into the, the history of Upside a little bit more. How did uh, Upside become a record? How did Upside Records first come about? And uh, what made you want to start recording and releasing? Not being able to get anyone else to do it. Nobody wanted anything to do with us because our music was so terrible. It was so bad. But we thought we were great. And it became great with practice. And we learned how to record on our own. I mean, we started just throwing um, one microphone in the room, like on an iPhone or cassette tape recorder, and recording different places in the room to see how it sounded with the whole band. And before you know it, we had like the Dajal recordings that are, you know, one to four mics just placed in the right places in the room, taken over and over again until it sounds all right. And, uh,. Nobody wanted to release it on their labels, and we cared about us, and we ever get back to us, so we just did it ourselves. And then Aphasia came around, and the five of us started doing it together. There's Caleb, Taylor, and I, and Cam and Mason. What do you think makes like the the Worcester noise and metal scene so special? Because I definitely I, I I see things in it that I don't see in other scenes. Uh. The family, you know, we're all from here. And the people that aren't, we welcome in with open arms as long as they're not gonna hurt us. You know, and sometimes they do. And that's why people flock to Worcester. Always like people always have. It's always been that way. Before me, before us, you know. But, like, Places like the Firehouse and Distant Castle and Remedy Music, those are places that kind of like grew those atmospheres and, you know, inspired me. So it's it goes back, honestly, a lot further than, than Upside and the scene that you see today. It really goes back as far as those places that we play do. And that that atmosphere and that that community has always been there in Worcester. How long has, uh, has Firehouse been around? Because I, I feel like that's probably one of the most important venues here in yeah, Worcester for underground music. Big time. I honestly can't tell you. I think it's like 30, 40 years or something. I, I'm like, you go there and you look at the, the posters on the wall. I remember I saw like Crass had played there. Yep. Like a bunch of really yeah. important artists on the, just on tour or something came through Worcester and played at that old retired Firehouse. Yeah, some some of those people are still around, and you know they, you you wouldn't be able to pick them out because like they they just look like normal Worcester people, you know, and it's like that's all we are, is people, and uh, 
there's people that you know were there back then that I didn't even know were there back then. There's people that owned that place. I think I don't even know. I don't know the history of the firehouse that well. I just know I've been going there forever, and they've always been good to me. Oh yeah. What recommendations do you have for somebody who's wanting to start their own metal band or start their own noise project or even start their own label? Just go for it. Go for it and wing it and like you're gonna fuck up but just get back up, you know. Um, don't hurt people too. Nobody likes that. But really just if you're good or bad, it doesn't matter. Just fucking hit it and send it, you know. It doesn't matter if people like it either. Do you, uh, do you have any notable mistakes you've made along the way that you, you've learned a lesson from you think others should, uh, should yeah. hear from? Yeah, um, you know, don't trust anybody. Even though, you know, our community is so, is so warm and, like, friendly, don't let people walk on you, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't let people change who you are, you know? A huge identity crisis. And uh, that's part of, like, what Walmart is about, is, like, changing my identity and becoming, period. You know, becoming. Uh, La Mort means death, the death. It's a tarot card in French. And um, it's like change, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's feminine, uh, whereas McTain is very masculine. And I wish that I didn't let people look at me as a bone. There's a little cat. What's up? <laughs> he's a he's a sweetheart. He's he likes food too much though. Sounds like a cat. Yeah. Mine's been a if you feed her like one too many times a day, she'll eat it too fast and then throw up on the carpet. Ugh. He does I don't I don't let him eat that fast. I give him a little portion. There's just a lot of people living in my house right now, so she'll, she knows she can come up and bother anyone. Yeah. Yep. He used to her. do that. He got real fat when I had like four roommates and all their partners. Everyone would feed him whenever. He meowed. He, he, would just, he would just look like, I'm starving. Feed me. And it's just like, run around and play or something. He loves to play. But he gets bored, and when he gets bored, he wants to eat. He just sits there and meows, knocks over his bowl. Yeah, when I get bored, I want to eat too. That's relatable. <laughs> Come here. His mat is normally here. Oh, uh, we, we yeah, just showed his habitat. I moved it over there. To, <laughs> Make some room for us. But, uh, yeah. Don't let people walk on you. Don't let people change who you think you are. Because, uh, being yourself is the most important part of making art. Alright.
That's good advice. Yeah, that's really good advice. Uh, you also do a a uh, a lot of visual art. You mm. paint. We uh we did a group show at like a graffiti shop together yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, we did. That was a uh, that was crazy. I wasn't a. Uh, I was actually at a recording session that day, so I was really stressed out and I was running around, but I did have my art up there. How long have you been painting for? Uh, I've been painting as long as I can remember, but I've been painting, re like, there's a piece behind you above that altar that is, like, super old. I probably was about, uh maybe eight years old when I made that one. It says on the back, The Mountain, which is the name of the song that you recorded us writing. Oh, damn. And it's crazy that um, that one's just hanging up right behind you. That one's super old, but then I have like, when I really got into like oil and acrylic work, it is around the same time I started McTain because I was going through a period of like self-initiated isolation and, and I, I uh, had a little bit of a menti B and um, tr tried making a new style of abstract art. And uh, if you want to take some pictures, I can take those down for you. It's the... Um, my self-titled, not my self-titled, it's, uh, that one's Amotsebo, the one with the octopus. And the one at the top is, uh, something blackened, or, uh, Vixny Alder, my first record. There's a song on there called Something Blackened, which is the title of the painting. Um, a lot of people told me it looks like that one scene from Berserk, where the, like, moon drips down or whatever and oh you're right yeah yeah huh but it's it i hadn't watched berserk when i made that painting but it does look like that and then the other one is uh the entire painting of amut sabo which right now only has as as we're filming it only has half of that out part one is the top half of the painting part two is the bottom half that'll be coming out soon um have a couple songs in the works. That'll probably be the last McTain uh, solo release. I might have uh, self-titled McTain afterwards, but I, I don't I don't know because I'm kind of like really really into La Mort right now. I really got to finish that fucking project, but I at least got to finish the album, and then I can work on the the filming. But that's like when I'm when I'm feeling like having a mental breakdown, I go and record McTain. So I have a couple songs that I have recorded, but they're not enough to be the other half yet. Because gotcha. that's got like a couple stories that go along with it. There's one right now that you can find buried in my website. All, all those fucking hidden doors and uh, hidden pages and shit. Do you have a lot of, like, written work or just, like, hidden work kind of out there but not 
right in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a handful of it on my website. Um, there's some weird shit on there too. Uh, it's very occult. The occult plays a uh, a enormous hand in your work. Mm. Um, Deeply alchemical. Yeah. Do you want to uh, do you want to go into that a little bit? I know you said that you don't want to give too much away. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to talk too much about my uh, alchemy and my magic, but um, other than with the people that are directly involved in it, obviously for my own uh, sake and for others. But uh, I do a lot of um, planetary magic to go along with my music and my art and it all reflects like my inner alchemy and my uh, my spiritual path uh, the Sephirot is a huge uh, part of all my art um, and like uh, I mean there's sigils and seals everywhere if you know you know uh, if you don't know, if you click in the right places on the website, it'll lead you to different places that you can uh, do your research. Is that the Upside website, or is this a separate website? That's the Upside website. Right. There's a lot of just like basic label stuff on there, but if you dig around a little Austin's bit, Austin's pulling more. it up already. That one's not going to be up there much longer because today Guillotine dropped, which is Kate's single, so we're going to be planting a little bit of uh, information on what what that's about all right but I haven't I haven't put it on the website yet I should have already had that up but her and I are lacking on that because we've been doing music the last couple of days and uh, she did a feature with um, Metrifigy, which is coming out soon so we've been in and out of the studio and shows and all that type of shit like crazy the last couple of weeks so and sleeping on uh, the website but there's a lot of shit in there that you know you can research all right Austin whatever you pulled up and showed me don't dig into that one okay. for your own sake that one's the scary one I'll tell you more about it later you had your first uh, was it a Lamorte or a McTain performance recently. I had many McTain performances. I don't think I'll ever have another McTain performance unless I can put together a whole band to play yeah. a handful of like my most popular songs, mm-hmm. the black metal ones. But because of all, the amount of layers that are in there, mm-hmm. there's like mad noise and texture layers and like pianos and it's it I'd need like a fucking seven piece band to play those songs live. Unless we just did like guitar, bass, and drums, but it won't sound the same, so. Who knows, I might end up doing that, but a lot more is a lot easier for me to play live because I can just, you know, play the, the mixes of the songs and have the people featuring come up and play their solos and stuff and sing along. Mm-hmm. So I, I do see myself doing that here and there. Uh, there's one more coming up, but I don't see myself doing more of those this year at least. Who'd you have playing with you in this most recent Lamort performance? I had Boone County. I had uh, Colin Elliott and Chuck Steak playing with me uh, 
they are very intimately magically connected to me. We do a lot of our magic together. Um, two of them are on the record extensively. Uh, I'll probably have Chuck Steak do a feature on one of the songs too. I might even add a new song, a new scene to the to the project and uh, that that would be really cool. Um, I might just have him be on the same song Austin's on because that song is all about Saturn mm -hmm. and a lot of the work that um, Chuck Steak and I do uh, magically not chemically is related to Saturn or Azazel um, scary shit but uh, a lot of the stuff I do with uh, music and Colin Elliott is uh, mercurial so he does a lot of the mercurial side of that record and, um, having them on stage was a really important part of uh, the ritual I did that night and um, luckily there's not a lot of videos but it would have been weird if there was videos and I was talking about it now but uh, Bloom County did his solo from the record did the solo the oboe solo and uh, did that during the harsh noise section of the, the, the and the rest of the time they were meditating and uh, whispering mantras and while well, I did the alchemy the, the spell work and that was uh, so I have I have a manic bipolar disorder Manic Bipolar Depression, and that's a huge theme of La Morte, is this swing between mania and depression, which is like Mercury, I associate with my mania, where I get very creative and very excited and, and uh, work, 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 and then I swing over to these Saturnian reflection times where I'm just like looking at the box that I'm in, that I've put myself in, and uh, reflecting on that and um, working with these two spirits has helped me discover who I am and that's kind of like the big idea of La Morte uh, the character La Morte who is not literally myself it's a big thing I hate about McTain is people think I'm McTain and don't understand that McTain is a character I've created and um, there's stories about him and stuff that I write and hide. I don't have any of these things officially published for the same reason I made the label in the first place. Nobody wanted to publish it. Nobody wants to publish my shit. And that's, that's a curse, I guess, but it's actually ultimately a blessing because I'm doing it all myself. So if you dig deep enough into Upside, you can find me. If you dig deep enough into Upside website, you can find my writing, my poetry, my uh, stories, short stories. They go along with my albums and stuff. I but they also that... all go along with my alchemy. Yeah. I think in music, <clears throat> more so than in a lot of other art forms, um, because you are the one performing it, it's a 
it's a lot harder for some people to understand that like sometimes the music is coming from the perspective of a character that you've made mm -hmm. as opposed to you yourself because a, a lot of um probably most commercial music is uh supposed to be made from like the perspective of the the artist whether or not they actually wrote it themselves uh so I, I, th I, I see where you're coming from with that frustration with people thinking you're McTain because uh, I don't want people to think I am La Mort because even in the in the in the series of videos and if we do the play live like I won't play La Mort La Mort will be played by Kate probably La Mort will probably be played by someone else uh, because I will be playing or someone at least that looks like me. I don't have hair anymore, you know? So I might need someone else to act the part, but uh... La Mort will be, yeah, I'll probably have Austin play Antienne, who is the character, is supposed to be me, my ego. He's like a king, and he climbs the mountain, right? And he meets the hermit at the top, and the hermit says La Montagne, uh, uh, the song that's As on a Rugged Mountain by uh, John Milton. He, he recites that and uh, then says uh, a Buddhist uh, piece about uh, vigilance and negligence and um, a hole appears and he calls out. I love that song so much. It's my favorite song on the record. A lot of it has to do with uh, the passing of my father, too. It's a dark hole I fell into. And um, so at the top of the mountain, he starts going down into a cave. Sorry, people, I live. People gotta stop racing. <laughs> I live. I live in the. I live in the. The city, you know. Yep. But. uh he finds the hole. He goes into the hole. And he starts calling out to any spirit that might be down there. And he gets a response from the other side of the cave. And, uh... It's kind of cryptic what it's saying. And, uh, he reaches the other side of the cave, and it's at the bottom of the other side of the mountain. And it's the ocean. And a siren named Angelica uh, lures him into the water where there's no seafloor. He goes into the water, she drowns him. Just like in Amut Seba, my story, uh, with uh, Angelica, Amut Seba, eating the star, the sun, the falling, the falling star, consuming it, and then you know, he dies. <laughs> and... Regicide. And then, uh... Death a lot more. That's kind of like... I don't want to spoil too much. Because that gives the listener something to look forward to. Yeah, when, it's... Uh, these projects start coming to fruition. Yeah, I might, I might actually try to start releasing them as... Episodes. Yeah. That might be the way to do it, yeah. yeah.
you know, start with the first song, start with, you know, a month later, whatever. You take my time. Do you have anybody that you want to, uh, you want to shout out? Vinny's Purgatory. Um, Frozen Massacre is coming up and I wouldn't be able to do it without them. Uh, Logan is a godsend and, you know, we've dedicated the whole thing really to, uh, Jeslin, the original member of, uh, Beneath Purgatory, so. Five years, self-titled, Beneath Purgatory. I'm not spoiling anything for Frozen Massacre, that's all I'm saying. Go listen to self-titled. Listen to it religiously. And, uh, <laughs> um, Matrifugy, because, uh, Devin and I go back to the early harvest days and, uh, Without him, we wouldn't have made the songs as cool as they are. At least some of them. He helped us learn some early stuff when we sounded like shit. He's kind of like the trigger to making us sound good. So, shout out Devin. I love you. And uh, your music. Um, obviously, Austin from Mark Verdon sitting here. He's uh, helped me, my... Yeah, give him a nice little... <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get as much done as I do without him. He's an amazing worker and uh, he picks up on the shit that we work, that we make work, you know, and he does it right. A lot of people just kind of like throw it away, all this like subtle stuff. And uh, um, Colin Elliott. Electric Skeleton, everyone from Electric Skeleton, you know, Baldwinville, Ruby Gruesome, everybody at X, I love you so much. And uh, I wouldn't be here without you guys. And obviously Bughead Media, fucking... Thank you, thank you. Godsend, I love, I love you guys so much and uh, what you're doing for our community is like so important. And it's, I appreciate like, it. I've been waiting for someone to actually document the things that we do and it's it's about time all right sit i guess that's a wrap then yeah thank you for listening thank you uh, so much tune in next time for the bughead podcast whatever that is and uh we'll catch you next time peace <laughs>